This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights Week 9 Preview Edition. I cannot believe we are already in Week 9. It's gone way too fast, but we are here to break down the last weekend in October. It's going to be a little bit of a quieter slate, but still some sneaky good games. I'm super excited to break it all down. Before we get into it, I need to introduce my co-hosts. I'm joined, as always, by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? Doing well, but I will say, I, I we've done this for, what, three years now, and I've said this at this time every year. This is the week where I start to get a little bit sad, because... The Florida game each and every year. Now, for for different reasons than maybe now, um, you know, back growing up when Florida dominated Georgia for so many years, this was kind of that final game where it was like, oh, now it's all downhill. Our season's over. We've lost to Florida, blah, blah, blah. A little different the last few years, obviously, uh, with with Kirby Smart coming in and um, at the helm. But yeah, man, this is this is kind of the beginning of the end, in my opinion, which is so depressing and so sad. So, uh, you know, you're welcome for starting off on a depressing note. But uh, yeah, it's it's not only the probably the best week of the year for for Georgia and Florida fans, but it's also, uh, you know, when it comes and goes, it's it's sad. So um, excited to get into it a little bit, um, a, a unique slate this week. Um, but excited to jump in and this one's going to be interesting i did not have too much time to go through and and overanalyze all these picks so it's just going to be totally off the off the dome so um, we'll see if i do a little bit better this week than i have in the past well people are counting on it because you have not been making them the money recently uh but you know what you'll be doing exactly what our other co-host is doing and free balling your picks our other brother hank hank how are you I'm doing great. Um, I'll go a little more lively with my intro. I, I'm excited at this point of the year because it's kind of when things start shaping out. Um, things start, you know, you can start getting a clear picture of what the playoffs are going to look like, who's real, who's not. Although I will say it's a little bit more murky than maybe some years. Um, some teams still still yet to uh, be fully tested. Some teams, you know, getting upset last week, so... Um, it's get it's definitely interesting, but um, I'm excited to uh, go into another week here and then uh, get a little better view of what we got going on into the playoffs here. Yeah, we will have our first playoff rankings on Sunday, so that's something to look forward to. It will be interesting to see what they do uh, with those rankings. You know, it's been feeling like the the public is very high on Michigan. They are now the odds-on favorite to win the national championship. So we'll see if the playoff selection committee, assuming everything stays status quo, I don't want to get too ahead of myself with the dogs playing Florida this week, um, assuming everything stays status quo, it will be interesting to see if the playoff selection committee follows suit with the AP poll or if they switch it up and do what more of Vegas is thinking with how they do their rankings. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. It, it is depressing, but it is also the fun time because you play the games because you want to see how it all shakes out. Um, so, you know, nobody's playing cupcakes anymore. You know, you're firmly in your conference, uh, you know, matchups. You start playing more of your heated rivals right now. Um, but yeah, this is this is depressing. I won't lie, but it's not um, not all is dead yet. Pierce is a little more ho-hum. Uh, I don't know if you listened to our recap pod, Pierce, or Hank, but uh, Pierce was saying that uh, he OD'd on football this week. So 
Maybe he's uh he's kind of got the depression from the OD hitting him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh I, I'm 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 getting there. I'm kind of getting out of the fog, but um, yeah. Come Saturday, I'll I'm sure I'll OD again, and it'll be uh, a sight to behold. A sight to behold. <laughs> well, let's jump in it. Uh, if you guys are ready, we'll talk about some of these games here uh, and give you our selections. As always, if you are missing Easy Peasies, we are putting that as our own podcast out every Saturday. So it's a standalone podcast now. It's about 10 minutes long. Um, and that's about half of it is Pierce talking. Hank and I only make up the other two and a half minutes each. So about five of that is Pierce. And we just go through and we tell you about three, four games that we like and what will be on that weekend. Um, so that you can try to follow suit. I went three and zero last week. Pierce, you did not have a good week. Hank, what did you do? Not good. Went one and two. I, I'm throwing this week out. Didn't count. I, I was like half asleep throwing those in. Uh, throwing those in, and um, no I may or may not have let Dad persuade me on one, which was and just I knew it should have been a loser right then. So. Doesn't count in my book. No excuses. I'm I was disregarding it from the books. I moved on Friday and then recorded it. So you know what? And I went three and zero. But you know what? Sometimes the weeks where you just you just go gut with your gut are the best weeks. When you overanalyze, sometimes that's when you you get in the weeds. Um, all right, let's jump into it at noon Eastern time on Fox. The number six Oklahoma Sooners in Lawrence, Kansas, to take on the Jayhawks. Oklahoma is favored in that one. According to our Pick'em Pod, uh, nine and a half. Nine and a half points is what Oklahoma is fared by on the road. Uh, it has moved to 10 now, but, you know, hey, who's counting? Uh, Oklahoma had a narrow scare last week. They barely beat UCF at home, 31 to 29. Kansas is coming off of a bye. Their previous game, they lost at Oklahoma State, who's getting sneakily a little better, 39 to 32. Kansas started off with really high hopes and expectations. They do have two blemishes on their record so far, both on the road, Texas and Oklahoma State, both on the road for what it's worth. So uh, that's kind of the setup there. We'll start as always with Hank. Hank, who you got? I'm going with Oklahoma here. Um, I think kind of the scare last week wasn't wasn't too much to read into. I I, I think that they turn it back around and um, and they can they can kind of out, outdo this this Kansas team on offense. I mean, Kansas. If you look just at who they've played, uh, similar to Oklahoma is that U.S. Uh, UCF opponent, and they did they did whoop up on UCF um, at home or yeah at home. So I guess being at home scares me a little bit, but nine and a half seems a little too low for me. I know now it's at ten. Um, on the sites that I was looking at. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to read too much into that close win over uh, UCF. And I think that Kansas passing defense just isn't going to, isn't going to be able to handle Dylan Gabriel. Um, and I mean, they gave up a ridiculous, I can't remember the exact amount of yards, like over 400 yards, I think, of uh, passing offense to Oklahoma State last week. Um, and and they're coming off that lost Oklahoma State, so I, I'm going Oklahoma minus or plus the or minus nine and a half, um, and kind of look for Oklahoma to get back into a rhythm here offensively. Hank is rolling with the Sooners in a somewhat bounce back spot, which is interesting considering they are undefeated and still on track to uh, make that Big Twelve championship. We'll see if they can continue to roll it. Pierce, who do you have in this one? Yeah, I've I've tried. Uh, I've really tried to convince myself to take Kansas here, but I, I'm I agree with what Hank said. I think 
you know, maybe not necessarily a major bounce back spot, but a lot of people are now looking and going, well, you know, UCF was right in that game, had a chance to tie it up at the end. Oklahoma kind of slept, walked, um, you know, coming off the big Red River uh, shootout win, had a bye right after that. They came out lethargic. I think they get back on pace here. If, if Jalen Daniels was playing for Kansas, I, he's questionable from what I'm seeing with the back. I would have to assume he's not playing. I was wrong about Riley Leonard last week. Yeah, thanks. But back's a little bit different. Um, and, and and even if he does play, he, he's not going to be 100%. I think the only way that Kansas can, uh, can, can upset Oklahoma or keep this close enough to cover this spread is if the offensive coordinator just schemes up a hell of a game, which is is possible. But I like OU's defense here. OU has a pretty solid defense. They're not as good as they're going to be in a couple years, but Venables has those guys playing and competing at a high level. Um, I, I kind of view this one, yes, it scares me a little bit that it's on the road, but Kansas isn't a, a massive home field advantage. Um, and, and like Hank said, I, I like Dylan Gabriel to go off here. The one thing that does scare me for Oklahoma is they don't really have a running back that, that you know, goes for much of anything throughout the game. It's kind of Dylan Gabriel running and passing, um, but I, I don't think you'll have to run as much here. I think they'll be able to throw it all around the yard, and as long as they don't let off the gas for a backdoor cover, I can see this going very similar to how Texas-Kansas went earlier in the season where it was a 40-14 game. Um, so I like Texas to cover the 9.5. You mean Oklahoma? Oklahoma, excuse me. Yep. I'm going to go Kansas in this one partially to be different, but partially because I'm looking at them and I don't think they're that different of teams now Jalen Daniels not playing does hurt not gonna lie but I'm gonna hope that Jason Bean can kind of step in there and get it done for the Jayhawks um but ultimately I just don't see Oklahoma on the road really blowing out Kansas um they only beat Cincinnati by 14 on the road and I think Cincinnati is way lesser of a team uh at least well especially in coaching I think Scott Scott Satterfield is trash um so I think I think I like Kansas to get up for this one um you know anytime you have an undefeated conference foe coming to town you're going to be excited uh and i think that that's what you see here and i just think oklahoma's lucky not lucky but but happy to get out with a w but i don't know if i necessarily see them covering that nine and a half i think that's probably a bit of an overreaction to Jalen daniels not being in which can hurt you but i think this is a, l- a closer game than uh, than everybody is anticipating because i'm not sure oklahoma's all that good this could be the week that they get exposed um, all right, let's flip it over to 3.30 Eastern time. Just to recap, by the way, Pierce and Hank are both on the Sooners, and I have Kansas plus the 9.5. Um, 3.30 ABC, the BYU Cougars in Austin to take on the number 7 Texas Longhorns. BYU is going to be getting 17.5 points on the road there in this one. Uh, I, I don't think anybody's really going to pick BYU to win this one. Usually when that happens, it's because they're at home with the power of the duck pepper and the Mormons there in the mountains. But uh, this one on the road in front of a fierce Texas crowd, not sure everybody's anybody's expecting BYU to win, but 17 and a half points is an interesting line. Um, Texas has that one lone blemish. It was against Oklahoma. They bounced back last week at Houston uh, 31 to 24 that you could read that a couple of ways. You could read that as a Texas team struggling at Houston. You could also read it as a, a gutsy performance to have to go. And, you know, everybody's had those sleepy starts um, and to get that done. BYU sitting at five and two on the season so far with losses at Kansas and at TCU um, and what might be TCU's only bright spot of the season. Uh, so that is kind of the rundown there. We'll start with Hank. Who you got? Taking BYU to cover the 17 and a half. Um, they're catching them at a good time. 
They're coming off that 13-point win over Texas Tech, like you said, one of the bright spots of the year for them. Um, and they're catching, like I said, Texas at a, a good time. Um, Quinn Ewers out for the foreseen future, as far as I've heard. Um, I don't know what it was. It was an AC joint or something? Um, yes, I believe so. Because I was yeah. listening to Jake Fromm talk about it on uh, his podcast, and he was saying he had that in high school. And you essentially, you can play through it, but it feels like you're getting stabbed yeah. in the shoulder every yeah, single time. Exactly. So, so he's, it's, it's, who is it? Malik somebody? Malik, Malik Waters? Malik, I think it's Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy, Murphy that's yep, right. That's Malik Murphy getting the start yeah. there this week. Yep. So. And he only, he, I mean, I think he came in and for the last quarter, I've had like two passes. He did throw a touchdown, but it was like just a seven yard touchdown um, at the end of the game. I guess it was, a, it ended up kind of being a, a pretty big touchdown, but I mean, you didn't see a ton of him. Um, they were lucky to get out of that uh, live there against Houston last week. So I, I like BYU um, to kind of come off that win, or yeah, come off that thirteen point win there against Texas Tech. I, I think um, underrated too. I think um, Texas's center's out again this week, or at least questionable. So if he's sitting and the quarterback's in, it could be a could be a good closer game than we um than we maybe would expect there and maybe than than vegas is expecting so give me byu plus the 17 and a half hank is going with the cougs he trusts their somewhat not productive offense so we'll see what they can do in austin pierce who you got yeah i've been fighting on this one um byu plus the point seems like a, a pretty easy play but it also seems kind of public to me um in my opinion I'm going to go Texas here, and, and and my reasoning is pretty simple. Listen, Malik Murphy got thrust into action last week against Houston when things weren't going well um, on the defensive side of the ball, and it's hard to ask a backup quarterback just to go out there and, and expect him to put up big numbers. He's going to get all the first-team reps this week. He played really well in the spring game. I think they'll utilize him a little bit differently um, than they did last week, and I don't know if they're going to need to throw for all that many yards uh, in order to uh, in order to get this cover. I think they could do a lot of it on the ground. BYU is a scrappy team, but I just can't get over. A, 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 I, I just can't imagine a BYU team walking into Austin. Well, not a crazy tough environment. It's still you know top twenty, um, and 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 covering this spread when I just watched them two weeks ago get absolutely dismantled by TCU. So um, I got to go Texas here. I think Malik Murphy. Uh, plays uh plays better than he did last week because he'll be more prepared and they'll have a game planned around him um and and i think texas defense will be able to control byu's offense uh pretty easily here um so i've got the longhorns minus the uh 17 and a half i am gonna roll with pierce in this one um it's their lone blowout was tcu they actually hung with Kansas somewhat well. It was an 11 point loss, but both of those losses came on the road. Um, their offense is only averaging 301 yards a game. Uh, so I don't love that against um, a Texas team that even with a backup quarterback, I believe will be able to really be productive there um, on Saturday. So if this game was in Provo, we, like I said in the intro, Provo just plays a little different, but I don't think on the road BYU is all that good. Um, so I'm going to take Texas in this one, although it scares me because anytime it's 17 and a half, my inclination is to say take or sorry yet. Take the points. Don't lay the points. Take the points. I'm learning. Uh, but, but I don't know if I can trust that just because of where this game is and because of the circumstances 
that surround it. Um, sometimes a backup quarterback, especially with their first start, can really impress because you don't have enough tape on them, you know? So uh, I'm going to roll with uh, the backup QB there in Austin, Texas. Let's stay at 3.30 Eastern time on ESPN. The number 20 Duke Blue Devils and the number 18 Louisville Cardinals there in Louisville, Kentucky. Duke favor or Duke, uh, the underdogs here, the road underdogs, four and a half points. So Louisville at home is uh, going to be giving four and a half points. Louisville fresh off of a bye. They did not uh, play last weekend after they lost to Pitt. Bit of a letdown spot uh, when they beat Notre Dame. Duke, on the other hand, had that. They had a really good start, um, but weren't able to uh, to finish it out versus FSU. Uh, and that it gave them their second loss of the season uh, with their first one, of course, being Notre Dame in the middle of the season. So it's been a roller coaster of emotions for Mike Elko and company. Really good season for them all considering. Um, not quite sure what Riley Leonard's status is. You know, he played in the FSU game, but then got hurt and didn't go back in. Um, so I'm not sure we'll see him on Saturday. Uh, but one of you might have Intel that I don't have. Um, so you got the six and one Louisville Cardinals welcoming in the tricky, sneaky, tricky Duke blue devils. That would scare me if I was a Cardinals fan, uh, but giving four and a half points, at home, who you got, Hank? Uh, I'm kind of torn on this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Louisville um, at home, uh, and with Riley Leonard out, um, I wanted to take Duke, uh, even with even with Leonard out. But you know, I, I just they're they're gonna have to lean on their run game, um, and that's actually something that the Louisville defense has been pretty good at stopping uh, at least according to statistically I haven't watched a ton of their defense but statistically that's what they do better um on that defensive side so with Leonard out I just think it's going to be tough for them to um to keep this one close enough to to cover that four and a half I think it's more of a of a touchdown game um I, I worry a little bit maybe about a backdoor cover but four and a half that number um I think that's safe. I think we can get, I think Louisville can get that done there um, at home. So give me Louisville. Okay. Hank likes the Cardinals to get things back on track. Pierce, who you got? Yeah. I'm, <clears throat> everything I'm reading says that Riley Leonard is uncertain for the game. We'll see. Um, I, I certainly think he was labeled as uncertain last week and he played. I, I think what you saw in the Florida state game is Duke kind of, when, when the momentum switched and FSU got that lead and you could kind of sense things were, were going in their favor, Leonard got dinged up. And I think Elko just decided, listen, we've got uh, a lot of important games out there, kid. You're bouncing around and could probably go back in. I'm not going to risk it here. I like Mike Elko and what he's going to scheme up on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and if Riley Leonard goes... I think that they can uh, they can at least keep this one very very close like a field goal type of game and and I just think quality from a quality of team standpoint um, I just think Duke's the better team now Louisville's good at home um, but if you look Louisville here's another thing about Louisville they've got a really poor schedule and they just got whooped by Pitt who's not a very good football team where are the mindset of these Louisville players going to be at they took a lot of transfers and, and they've you know. I just I wonder if they're going to have as big a motivation because, it, you know, you heard it all offseason and, and, and at the ACC media day, um, the head coach, I'm going blank on his name. He came over from Purdue. Um, I think Brom. Thank you. I knew it started with a B. I was thinking Broyles for some reason. Um, 
Brom even mentioned, he was like, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on us. We need to go undefeated with this schedule. Um, everything's out there for us. We, we, you know, we avoid some big, some big teams. They got the big win over Notre Dame, who was probably, who is their, their toughest test of the season. Um, and now they get that, they follow that up with a loss. And I just wonder where their head's at. I think Mike Elko and company uh, are scheme up something here and keep this one close. If not pull up the upset, if Riley Leonard plays. Yeah, let me let me, my my pick is also I don't I don't think I failed I failed to mention this, but I'm I'm betting that Riley Leonard doesn't play. If he plays, I do think that they can they can keep this within a field goal. Well, we don't do conditional picks on the actual pick 'em, but for betting purposes, keep that in mind, everybody. But so Hank's going Louisville, Pierce is going Duke for the official pickums here um i've been back and forth with this one i do think that duke still is pretty serviceable without riley leonard um you know they didn't necessarily some of their success was not necessarily because of him uh versus fsu i agree with you pierce on the mindset everything with louisville you know it's a first year coach and you just wonder what that bounce back is going to look like after coming you did have a bye last week so that helps them um but you know they that was a bad loss to have taken. So, you know, you kind of get that little bit. Maybe they were a little bit too high on the horse, a little bit too big for their britches. Uh, and, and that's kind of why it happened. There's not enough focus there. So maybe that's kind of continues on this week. Um, Jack Plummer has been um, an interesting case study. He's he's good, but he also is very mistake prone. Um, and this Duke defense is low-key sneaky good. Uh, he's thrown eight interceptions so far this season. I think I could see another couple of those. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm going to go Duke in this one, but I don't feel great about it because to Hank's point, I think Louisville, if Riley Leonard doesn't play, you know, that kind of, he's kind of been the heart and soul of this team. And the reason they've, he's the reason they got that, that, uh, win versus Clemson to start the season. So, um, and their defense, which had a bunch of turnovers. So um, I, it's going to have to be some kind of game like that to really feel good about it. But I think Duke has been playing close games. I like them to potentially keep this one close as well. Four points is not that much. Um, but I do think that they are able to kind of hopefully get that first-year head coach um, and his plethora of, uh, of um, transfers kind of back on their heels and, and complacent after uh, after the loss. But it is coming off a bye, so I would not be surprised if Louisville goes out there and absolutely whoops up on them. Um, all right, CBS, 3.30 Eastern time, the game that we will all be watching the closest, and that's not just because we're biased. Well, it is. Uh, the number one, Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators in Jacksonville, Florida. Georgia so far undefeated on the season, though if you have just been looking at box scores, it's been a lot closer than it should be uh, and had some sleepy starts and some closer finishes than predicted. Uh, I don't believe the only maybe one cover so far on the season. Florida on the other side, they have two losses on the season. Their most recent one coming at Kentucky uh, to end September. They've played twice so far. Obviously, both of these teams take buys before this game. They played twice so, so far. In October, it was Vandy in South Carolina. Um, Georgia in this one, favored by 14 and a half points. Big one. This is the one game, I don't know about you guys, but this is the one game that if we lose them all, I just want to beat Florida. I just want to beat Florida. It's kind of because most of our childhood, we just didn't. So uh, it feels good to have been kind of on the upper hand of this rivalry in the past few years. So it always means a little bit more for me this weekend. Uh, we'll start with Hank, who you got? Man, Georgia 
I want to take Georgia here. I think that there's definitely a a shot out there that we kind of take it to Florida this this year. Um, but with Brock out, um, you know, I, the Georgia just hasn't proven to me that they're able to cover spreads. Last time we saw them, they're you know letting Vandy kind of. Kind of have some explosive plays and and kind of having some some sloppy mistakes defensively. So I can I think we're gonna have to score forty points for this game to be covered, um, which I think we're very capable of doing. Um, but you know, like I said, I just not much analysis other than Georgia hasn't really proven to me that they're able to cover these. Um, now this isn't a big spread compared to the, some of the other spreads we've had this year, but um, still haven't really proven to me that they're able to cover spreads this year. So I'm taking Florida reluctantly to cover the 14 and a half big, big week though. I think, I think we, it's one of those games where we, it may not ever be in question necessarily. It may feel pretty comfortable, but I can see it being like, like most of the other games being pretty comfortable, but within that two touchdown. So taking Florida 14 and a half. Well, you know, I attend this game every year, and I'll tell you right now, it never really feels that comfortable. But it was it last season that if it weren't for but a few minutes at the end of the second or the first half, two um, years, two years ago. Okay, thank you. It was two years ago where it was just kind of like, what is happening? Oh my gosh! And then it was kind of turned right going into halftime, and then it was off to the races from there. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Anything could happen. All right, Hank's rolling with the Gators. Pierce, who you got? Give me Florida plus 14 and a half. Um, I like Florida here to, to keep this one close. Listen, you know, wouldn't it surprise me to see Georgia come out and, and, and win by 17 to 24 points? Not at all. I mean, Georgia and Kirby Smart puts a huge emphasis on this game. This is the one that he cares the most about, in my opinion. Um, I know he'd probably say he cares about them all. But this is the one where you get those clips of him in the locker room, you know, getting the guys pumped up and it's just epic speech after epic speech. Um, so it obviously shows he really cares. He, he pulls out all the stops. They're coming off a bye. I think Florida's also coming off a bye. So kind of negates that. Um, excited to see what uh, life without Brock Bowers is. Obviously wish he was out there, but I, I think you're going to see a, a different game plan for love it and rah, rah this weekend. And, and listen, the bye comes at a good time. I'm hearing that there's a chance that Amarius Mims could be back at right tackle this week, which would be great for our offensive line. Um, and I think this extra two weeks gives Lad McConkey a great chance to be 100% healthy or close to it and to play a, you know, a full 60 minutes out there. Um, I, I think where I keep getting caught up with is I, I've been pretty impressed with what Graham Mertz has done. Um, he's not been a world beater by any sense of the imagination, stretch of the imagination, but he's been pretty efficient. And uh, that was something that you didn't see at Wisconsin. He's clearly um, uh, doing much better in this offense. I, I, I do struggle to see Florida being able to run all that effectively. I mean, they might be effective, but I don't see them busting any like they did against Tennessee. But I do like their offensive line. I think their offensive line is underrated. Um, and yeah, Georgia's got some some big bodies up front, but they're not going to be able to get to the quarterback. That's one of the big things we've seen. Um, and, and I do think Graham Mertz will be able to hit guys downfield. I think Pearsall, uh, Ricky Pearsall, the, the receiver, is a really, really good one for Florida. Um, I think he'll have some 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 big catches on the day. I think Graham Mertz will be able to spread it around. So I think the game plan for Georgia will be to try to stop the run which I think they'll be able to do fairly successfully. And then it's going to be about the pass. But you've seen teams have been able to pass. I mean, hell, the backup quarterback for Vandy uh, had his best game of his career against Georgia. Now, obviously, 
coming off a big win against Kentucky, sleepy road environment coming you know, by the following week. So understandable to sleepwalk through that. Um, but I, I don't see this now. This was a home and home. Like this was at Georgia. I'd love Georgia minus the points um, with that environment. But this neutral site, both teams are going to be jacked up. Um, nothing would shock me in this one. But I'm going to I'm, I'm going to say that this one's a pretty close game or closer with this spread. Maybe not a field goal game at the end of the day. I think Georgia probably wins. But give me Florida plus 14 and a half. Oh, we're a bunch of emotional hedgers, aren't we? I am going to take Florida plus the 14 and a half as well. Um, I think that if Mizzou was not doing as well as they had been or have been, I should say, um, and I think they might, you know, be fired up. I have a little inkling they're fired up to come to Athens uh, in week 10. I think I could see Kirby and Bobo kind of open up the playbook a little bit more and kind of just pouring on the Gators. Like I said, this is this is I don't really I mean, there's a whole big debate with. Georgia fans on who our biggest rival is. But I think most people agree this is probably at the end of the day the biggest rival inside the program, um, especially as of the you know last couple of decades and how dominant Florida had been through Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer. Um, so I think that they don't like there's no love lost. Like nobody likes Florida. You know, obviously Will Muschamp also has some skin in the game there as well. Um, but I think that because what you have looming, I don't think you're going to see them do like what they did with Kentucky. Um, this is a fun one, a fun atmosphere. There is no real home field advantage for either team. Uh, and, and I think that if Florida comes out there and, and does some good stuff, that, that fan base is, is pretty down beaten, um, beaten down, down, whatever. They're pretty, they're pretty fired up to potentially get Georgia, and this would be huge for them. So um, I do think that Georgia has the potential to play a little bit slower, a little bit scared, and it's kind of going to feel potentially like the Auburn game a little bit where you're like, what the hell is happening? And they just come in, they're just like, hey, we've got nothing to lose. Throw everything at them, and Georgia's trying to hold things back a little bit. So it uh, hurts not to have Brock. I do believe you get Lawson Lucky back potentially this week. I know he's, he's suited um, up already this season, so – uh, if you believe some of the hype that was coming out about him uh, before the season started and he had to have the same surgery Brock did, uh, then if he gets to play, that could be really fun, a, a nice little you know debut for him. Um, but it's going to be interesting to me to see what Carson does in uh, you know a game that has potential a lot of noise around it. He's from Jacksonville. He's going to have family in the stands. I'm sure he's played against a lot of these Florida players um, in high school and coming up. Um, so I'll be interested to see what happens with him and if he's able to kind of handle some of that outside noise going on. I don't know if he does. I think that Florida gets the cover. Georgia wins by 10. I think Georgia wins by 10, uh, but it's going to be one of those that comes down to the fourth quarter and we're sitting there biting our nails in the stands going, oh, good God, we talked too much junk in those Florida bars and we're going to have to go back and we're going to have to deal with it, but we end up winning. So I like Georgia by 10, but not the 14 and a half. They've not been covering this year. Let's be honest here. doesn't happen this weekend in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. All right. Also at 3.30, this is probably the biggest game of the weekend. Um, not weekend, I'm sorry, of the 3.30 slate. Um, and it is the number eight Oregon Ducks and the number 13 Utah Utes. Probably actually could be, could be the biggest game of the weekend, now that I say it. Um, Oregon is number eight. Uh, they are have that one loss uh, to Washington a couple weeks ago. They did bounce back, beating Washington State 38-24 to last week. Utah has one blemish as well uh, at Oregon State, 21-7. to to end out September. They uh, most recently 
played in LA and took down Caleb Williams and company 34 to 32. Cam Rising is officially not playing out for the rest of the season. You will not see him. So take him out of the equation. They've not needed him, though. I'll put it that way. Um, Oregon in this one on the road is favored by six and a half points. We'll start, as always, with Hank. Who do you have in this Pac-12 matchup? Very, very interesting one. Utah just keeps <clears throat> keeps surprising me. Um, I keep thinking that they're going to drop a game here and there, and they keep you know pulling them out. Um, huge win last week. I mean, USC obviously obviously has some issues on that defensive side. Um, but, it, I mean, but Utah's, what, they're on their third string now. He he came out and, you know, did, did his thing, throwing over 200 yards, three TDs, did have an interception. Um, but this week, Oregon, Oregon just got a better, obviously, he's got a way better defense than USC. Um, and they score points. So I, I think this line's now up to seven. We're picking at six and a half though. Um, man, Oregon, I mean, Oregon's this, I think I, I was going to go Utah. I had Utah written down here, but man, I, I just think they're going to have to score another. They're going to have another, have to have another 30 point game. Um, and I just don't know if they're going to be capable of um, putting that much up against Oregon. Um, Bo Nix continues to have, you know, a, a great season um, throwing the ball. And, and they, I think they had a pretty decent running um, game last week too. So, I mean, if they're able to kind of hit on all cylinders there offensively, I think they get up into the, into the thirties and it's, it's like a 30, you know, 34, 14 game. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I see Oregon covering this this touchdown spread pretty easily. So uh, give me Oregon plus or minus six and a half. I think I said this last week about Utah and they and they burned me. So, but I'm going Oregon. I, like I said, I think the defense and uh, can hold them hold them there. Even though it's at, at Utah in that, in that weird stadium, it's not at night. Um, that's when things really get weird. So give me Oregon minus the six and a half. Hank likes the Ducks. This is a sneaky big one, too, for the uh, shape of the Pac-12 championship picture, uh, assuming Washington continues to roll. Uh, Pierce, who you got? Give me Utah. I love Utah on this one, plus the six and a half. Um, <clears throat> listen, it worries me a little bit coming off an emotional win against USC, um, but – I can't get over the fact that Utah has won 20, 29 of their last 30 at home. Um, you saw that this is an Oregon team who doesn't play as well on the road. They, they they could have easily lost to Texas Tech on the road early in the season. They did lose to Washington. I know Washington is a, is a top five team, top ten team. Um, but Utah defensively plays really hard. Whittingham will have things dialed up. They'll get after Bo Nix. Um, I, I see this one being a fairly – uh, tight game throughout, and and I give Utah a, a, as good a chance as any to upset Oregon in this one. Um, I think the quarterback really showed me something last week with his grit and determination to get that victory. Obviously, some things did have to break their way, um, but now they're back at home in the friendly confines. Um, I think Whittingham will have some things dialed up. Uh, you know, don't be surprised to see him uh, use his feet a little bit in some big moments. Um, but yeah, I, I've watched this quarterback a couple times, and he's just been you know your average pig farmer. 
But um, I, he showed me something last week throwing through the air that I did not previously see. Um, I, I think he's coming into his own. I think he's feeling more comfortable. I think this is his job now, um, and, and that'll give him a little bit more comfort going into. But listen, he's a walk-on man, so he's going to be working his butt off um, because he knows it's just right around the corner is another guy that can take over his spot really quick if he starts struggling. So I like what this Utah team's done, um, moving the safety Vaki, using him as a as a – offensive weapon um he's been on our dudes list last two weeks so they just find ways man to go out there and and get it done and i i think they keep this one very close against oregon and and are in it until the end um i have the oregon ducks in this one pierce i agree with you oregon on the road not very good i know it's the lazy narrative to say bonex on the road is uh shaky but it's true that being said i think that they're loss to Washington in a very close one in one they probably should have won in one that if Dan Lanning calls a little bit of a different game which is always retrospect is you know obviously hindsight's 2020 all that um but if he plays a little bit different game they're undefeated and I don't think they make that mistake again I think that that absolutely turned them around their offense is so good um and their defense is good as well so I think Utah struggles to uh, to keep up with their scoring the flip side is, you know, they played USC last week. USC has a great offense too, but they can't, they're not as great on defense. So, um, you know, that, that one, uh, that, that game notwithstanding where they played um, at Notre Dame uh, and their defense was good and the offense was the problem. But I, I think Oregon goes out there and they handle business. I think that, uh, that, that mistake, that close call game is over. Um, and I don't, I don't think that happens again. So give me Bo Nix and the Ducks to roll in this one um, and Utah to get their second loss of the season um the game that hank was giving me hell for before we got going in this one i don't think he's excited to pick this one on espn 2 at 4 p.m eastern time the number 22 tulane green wave and the rice owls there in houston texas tulane sitting at six and one so far on the season their lone loss being Ole miss there at home uh, way back at the beginning of the season, Rice is four and three on the season. They have losses to Texas, USF, and UConn. Um, sneaky good game, sneaky good matchup. Uh, Pierce has been highly touting JT Daniels every single week, it feels like, on the Braggers of the week. So I had to give them a little bit of love here. Uh, and, and like I said, Tulane was the story of the season to end the season last year. They're, they're putting again a really good season again uh, as they uh, sit there at number 22 in the nation. So they will be favored on the road by 11 and a half points. I'm sure Rice is going to be fired up. I'm sure JT Daniels, who used to be the prince who was promised to several different teams, will be uh, will be excited for this one to be kind of more on a national stage and kind of get some more of that uh, hype surrounding one of his games again. Uh, we will start with Hank, who you got in this one. Um, Honestly, I haven't watched a lot of Rice. I mean, I know I'll see some clips here and there, Jalen, or um, – JT Daniels, sorry. Um, here and there, then like I, like you said, Pierce has been high on him. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know a ton ton of the uh, the roster and what these teams do great, but um, Tulane has played well on the road. Uh, granted, it was against you know Memphis and USM. Memphis isn't awful, but. Uh, I don't think that really matters here, but they're, they're pretty, they're pretty good on the road. I mean, Rice is covered, you know, I think they're four and two against the spread. Um, Tulane's just been a little more tested, obviously. Um, only that one loss to Ole Miss. Um, 
you know, like I said, I don't know a ton about this game, but it feels to me that this number just is a little low and, and looking just based off the, uh, on, on a betting standpoint, uh, it looks like rice is out to the quick, uh, public side. Um, so it's, it's down to 11 now. Um, so just, just based off that, I'm, I'm going to kind of just bank on this being the slightly too low there for the, uh, two lane, um, green wave. And I'm taking, I'm going to lay the points with Tulane, the minus 11 and a half. Hank, rolling with the wave. Pierce, who you got? Give me Rice, baby. I love this. Um, <clears throat> Rice has only lost in their three losses only once by double digits, and that was the Texas opening week. They've got some good wins on their resume with Houston um, in week two. They lost by 20 to, to USF, but or yeah. 13. But that was also on the road. Oh, you're right. I totally misread that. Thank you. I was looking at something that they just have the wrong score on the scores app. Holy shit. They, Excuse my they, language. The scores app be doing <laughs> they stuff totally screwed me up there. I'm seeing it on the on a different app. What the heck? Well, anyway, <clears throat> South Florida um, hung with Alabama, so I'm not going to hold that double digit loss against them. It was on the road um, in, in a big stadium with very few people. Um, I think Rice has figured it out, um, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I really think that they've – obviously, the UConn loss was a tough one, but UConn is, is a little bit scrappy. I think JT Daniels has a big game in this one. This is uh, one of their bigger games of the season. Um, and, and Tulane hasn't really impressed me all that much this year. I was expecting a big year. Um, I think they are missing some key pieces, um, mainly Tajay Spears, who's now with the Titans. Um, you know, they had a big season last, last season, but – you know, who have they really gone out and just absolutely dominated? Um, I mean, yeah, South Alabama in week one, but I, I don't know, man. North Texas is not a great football team, in my opinion, and, you know, they hung with with Tulane. So I like Rice to keep this one close in what could be a, a fun, fun, wacky game um, on Saturday. Oh, man. I love Tulane for what it's worth. I think their colors are sick. I love their little mascot. Um, they're – Baseball uniforms are low-key some of the best in the country with their little, like, they have little, like, birds on them. Pelicans, almost. Um, they might actually be pelicans. But I got Rice in this one. I think that the the what JT Daniels and Rice have done is sneaky um, under the radar, to your point, Pierce. They lost to UConn, which is not great. That's a pretty bad loss, uh, especially at home, especially a UConn team that hadn't won yet so far in the season. Uh, but... I think that they are uh, a pretty can be, can be a pretty potent offense. They've put up a, a fair amount of points in a lot of these games, um, and I think that they're going to be able to hang with Tulane. It's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a, a high scoring game. This total is fifty four and a half. It wouldn't be shocked me if it went over. Um, you know the defenses are are mid. They're not necessarily stout, but they're not horrible either. Um, so I, I think that this is going to be a fun shootout matchup between, uh, Pratt and Daniels. And I think that, uh, Rice covers this one. I do think Tulane wins, but, uh, uh, to your point, Pierce, Rice isn't really getting a save for Texas, which should have been right. Like it's the first season of the game, first game of the season and USF who's, who's kind of better than people are thinking. Um, they're not really getting blown out on the flip side, Tulane not really blowing people out either, especially as of late, uh, that they would barely cover this point spread in, um, I thought they'd only cover it actually. Now that I'm looking at it in one of their past three games. So, um, I like rice in this one to keep it close. I don't think they win. I wouldn't touch that as a money line situation, but 
I think uh, JT Daniels and company get that cover. Um, all right. Nighttime slate, 7 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. The number 21 Tennessee Volunteers in Lexington to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. A sneaky matchup, or not matchup, rivalry. People don't realize how how much these teams hate each other. Tennessee and Vanderbilt are each other's rivalry at the end of the season because um, Kentucky and, and is playing Louisville at that point of the season. But these two teams really hate each other. So uh, this is this should be a fun one. It is in Lexington. Tennessee is favored, coming off of their first loss of the season. Uh, sorry, second loss of the season um, to Alabama last weekend. They are favored by three and a half. Kentucky has two losses as well. Their last two games, Georgia and Mizzou. They were off last weekend for what it is worth, in case you were wondering. So we'll start with Hank, who you got in this one in the battle of, uh, they call this something. I don't remember what it's called, but it's some kind of, there's a name for this rivalry, but who you got in this one? I'm going to go Kentucky at home, getting the three and a half. Um, like you said, coming off of a bye, uh, they've had time to kind of erase those last two losses where they really were not good on all three phases and and they kind of use that week to get right and in, in whatever sense you take that as but they um t- i mean Tennessee really really blew it last week they had um they had every opportunity to kind of get out to an even bigger early lead than they had and they then then they I mean they could have easily had you know 17 points 21 points on that those first uh, in that first quarter and then they just flatlined and and couldn't do anything um, and let that Bama team just stomp all over them. But uh, I mean, not that Kentucky is going to do anything like that to you, but um, being at home, you know, like I said, coming off that bye, um, Tennessee and the kind of kind of emotional loss there where they kind of probably are feeling real down on themselves after that. Like I said, after that, um, you know, hot start. Um, and then just looking at it on a, in a gambling sense and kind of based off the line and everything, looking at it, it looks like sharp money's coming in early on the um, on Kentucky there at the three and a half. Um, I can see I, I, I can see this being a, a Tennessee win by, you know, 10 plus points if they, if they can kind of channel that first quarter type of. Um, play there against Kentucky. I can see this, you know, I can see Tennessee winning by a touchdown or two, but uh, I just think Kentucky's going to have to do something um, here. And like you said, in a rivalry game at home, um, you know, I, I do worry about, you know, their mindset after a five and O start and then, um, and then having those back to back troubling losses there. But I think that they're um, they'll be motivated enough here against the Tennessee team, a rival team there to uh, keep this thing close. So at home, Kentucky laying that, getting that hook there at three and a half. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Wildcats to cover. All right, Hanks on Kentucky. Who you got, Pierce? Kentucky as well, um, plus a three and a half. I keep looking back at this one and, and what were Kentucky's losses? They lost to Georgia, obviously on the road um, in blowout fashion, but that was, uh, you know, vintage Georgia just absolutely landed on a team. That's not bad. That's not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, but made them look bad. Um, I keep, I keep thinking about the Missouri game, their other loan, their other loss other than Georgia. And, they were up 14 nothing, and, and there was kind of a wacky play that allowed, uh, I think it was a fake punt that allowed Missouri to kind of get the momentum. The one thing that keeps holding me up about Tennessee, while they might have the better roster, and, and I would say that they do, I don't think they have the offense 
that a Missouri or a Georgia does in order to go into that against Kentucky and put up 35 points. I just don't see that. So I see this being a pretty close game. Um, You know, Tennessee does traditionally dominate Kentucky. They've owned Kentucky over the years. Um, I just think this is a Kentucky spot. This is going to be a a low scoring sloppy game. Um, And and I'll take the points with the home team in that one. This one sounds kind of like feels kind of like a trap game for if you're taking Tennessee. Um, And and, and you're right, Hank, coming off uh, uh, an emotionally hard fought uh, game and what ended as a loss when you were up for most of the game. Where where are the mindsets of these players going to be? This could be the game where if, if they struggle and end up losing, you'll start seeing Nico get, get ready to come in because um, that would be inex, un, uh, you know, inexcusable and unacceptable for Tennessee um, to lose to Kentucky. But I think this Kentucky team, uh, you know, they're going to struggle against the teams that will put up 30 plus points. This Tennessee team is not one of them. While Tennessee has a good defense, I think they'll be able to run the football kind of like Florida did. Um and, and and really keep this one close. So give me Kentucky plus three and a half. Oh man, I'm on Kentucky as well, which I don't feel good about. Anytime we're all on the same team, that's a problem. But uh, I agree with you guys on all of your points. Um, I think Ray Davis is going to be able to move the ball on Tennessee, um, a la what he did against Florida. Kentucky has those two losses to two good teams. Uh, Georgia had the game of their season so far. They had to go on the road in Athens to play Georgia, uh, and they got it. They got a handed. They got to hand it to them. Let's be honest here. Uh, last week versus Mizzou at home, Mizzou is is playing very good ball and has one of the better receivers in the nation on their team and a pretty pretty good quarterback as well. Um, Tennessee on the road, that's their two losses. They have two true road games on the season. You know, they had a lot of home games in the middle of the, the, the first part of that season. At Florida, they lost. And at Alabama, they lost. The name of the game last week, and, and I, I really... I don't know if we have listeners who are going to take umbrage for what I'm about to say, but the excuses coming from Tennessee and Josh Heupel about the amount of penalties they had last weekend. Um, I don't like when that happens. Um, I don't, you can allow fan bases to do it. Your coach can't, can't be kind of, he didn't say anything, but his silence was deafening um, on that. And I don't like that mindset within a locker room. I don't, um, you know, that that's not a way, a winning strategy to go. The ref screwed us. Even if there were some calls that m- maybe shouldn't have gone your way or, or maybe could have gone the other way, you got to learn to rise above that. And probably the reason they were going against you is because they were happening and they weren't calling them other times. So um, again, take umbrage with it. If you will, I don't care. At home, you're getting three and a half. It's a, I think it's gonna be a close game. I don't think Joe Milton and company are gonna be able to handle, um, you know, another road environment. Unfortunately, I think that uh, I think that Lexington is probably, honestly, probably a tougher place to play. Kroger Field might be a tougher place to play than Bryant Denny. I understand that it's a rivalry matchup last weekend, and 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 Bama brought their brought their A game, but that that stadium was quiet as a church when when Tennessee started doing well um I don't even think that happens in Kentucky um I think they're fired up I think they want to get get the best of of Tennessee and I think they are able to run the ball to your point uh Pierce on Tennessee so um I don't like it I don't like it give me Kentucky I might even sprinkle some money line on them I'll, I'll be honest with you um all right 7 30 eastern time on NBC the number three Ohio State Buckeyes in Madison to take on the Wisconsin Badgers Ohio State is favored in that one by 14 and a half points on the road. Big old win for Ohio State to uh, to remain 
undefeated as they took down Penn State last week, 20 to 12 in a defensive battle. Wisconsin had a win of their own. They went on the road to Illinois and got the win, 25 to 21. They do have two losses on the season, um, but still a lot, still a lot to play for in the West there for Wisconsin. Um, potential, potential emotional let down here. Who knows? Uh, 14 and a half points is the spread though. So Hank, we'll start with you. Who you got? I'm going with Ohio state. Um, yeah, I do worry a little bit about the emotional loss or the emotional win there, hard fought game. Um, and then going on the road, that's, you know, never the, against the conference opponent. It's never, um, ideal, I guess you'd say, uh, for covering spreads, but, um, again, conference opponent, I, I think that they'll, they'll be, they'll have enough motivation there to kind of get up for it. Um, against a, a better Wisconsin team than and we've seen in past years. Um, the, the last loss um, for Wisconsin came against really what I would say is the only other elite defense that they played um, this year. Um, and then, and I can't, I don't know what their first loss was, but um, at Washington state. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, I was really the last, elite defense they've played and and that's a that's a loss there 15 to 6 um and ohio state in my opinion proved that they are an elite defense this year um you know they those penn state wide receivers just couldn't get any separation made drew Lar look look even worse than he may have been just because they were he had no one to go to um and then on the other side of the ball marvin harrison just just proved um, that that the wide receiver position is a very big difference there, especially in the college game. Um, uh, for for Kyle McCord, he, he just was able to get it to him all day um, with that separation that Marvin was getting. So I think here, maybe not the best spot wise for Ohio State, but I think that they're just they're just too good for this Wisconsin um, team, and and they'll come out. And I, I do worry a little bit about a backdoor cover, maybe. Um, or maybe even like a, a, a slow start and having to get some points late for Ohio State, but I think they get it done um, against this conference opponent, and, and they cover that 14-and-a-half. So give me Ohio State. Ohio State it is for Hank. Who you got, Pierce? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm right with Hank here. Um, <clears throat> this Wisconsin team, I, I had them as a sleepy uh, or as a sneaky underdog um, to, to, to potentially – make a run um, for the Big Ten this year, not to win it necessarily, but to get into the um, Big Ten championship. Well, I think that's still on the table for them. They just haven't impressed me at all. Um, they've come out in, in a lot of games and just like blah. I thought their offense would be a little bit higher tempo with Tanner Mordecai and um, the new OC coming over from North Carolina, uh, where he did great things with Drake May. And so far, it just hasn't looked as crisp. Uh, Tanner Mordecai's out. The backup, obviously, a big come-from-behind win last week against Illinois. Um, but I just don't think Wisconsin has the defense here. I, what scares me is I'm not a big McCord fan. I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I mean, he's good. I guess he's good. He's he's a jag plus, in my opinion, and just a guy. But he's a little bit better than just a guy. Um, but he's made plays when he needs to because he's got the weapons around him. So, um 
could they come out and be flat? Yeah, but I think this defense really holds Wisconsin to – I don't know if Wisconsin can get over 14 points in this one, to be honest with you. And that just means that Ohio State just has to get to 28 uh, or 30, which I think they do. So um, give me Ohio State minus 14 and a half this one. Would it surprise me to see a, a sloppy performance from Ohio State coming off an emotional big win last week? Not at all. Uh, but I just – I don't have much faith in this Wisconsin team to do much of anything against Ohio State's vaunted defense. Vaunted defense. So funny. Uh, it's true. They have a really, really good defense. Some are saying the best in the country. Um, we'll see about that down the stretch. Uh, you know, they did play Penn State and held them very close. And that was their first big opponent. We'll see. Well, they did play Notre Dame. That's a lie. They did play Notre Dame. Um, it pains me to say it, but I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with Ohio State, too. I really wanted one of us to be in Wisconsin here. It's why I put it on the schedule. I thought, hey, you know, maybe there's a there's a sneaky letdown factor here. But I forgot that Mordecai's out. I do think their back is probably better than Mordecai. But, um, you know, this is a big time matchup. I don't love Kyle McCord. Um, but I think he's going to go in there and he's going to be able to handle Wisconsin. He's got, you know, the best receiver in the nation, Marvis Harrison Jr. So just throw it up. Let him catch it. Uh, Wisconsin. They've been okay. They've been, if you look at their numbers, there's there's a couple notwithstanding that are that are pretty bad. Uh, that Iowa fifteen to six game is is just horrible. Um, but you know they've had some pretty good. They've had some opportunities where they've really moved the ball really well. I'll put it that way. But they haven't really played uh, some of the the better teams in their conference yet. And this, of course, being uh, right now what looks like the second best team in their conference, um, maybe behind Michigan. We'll see at the end of the year with the game. Uh, but I'm going to go Ohio State in this one just because you guys kind of talked me into it, but also because you got to go with your head here, and I think Ohio State's much better than Wisconsin. Give it, You know, hey, with with the divisions going away, I think that Wisconsin could potentially actually benefit from that. Um, and we'll see with, uh, I believe, in Luke Fickle. So we'll see what he does with them. But this is not the year. Um, all right, 7.30 Eastern time on ABC. We're talking about them again, the Colorado Buffaloes in L.A. to take on the UCLA Bruins. UCLA at home favored by 16.5. So Colorado picking up 16.5 points on that um, spread. Their last result, they were off last weekend. Their last result, they lost in double OT to Stanford in what should have been an easy cruise control victory in the second half, but they let it off the gas too much, and Stanford comes back and wins in double overtime. UCLA is 5-2. and two on the season with losses to Utah and Oregon state. So two of the better teams in the PAC 12, uh, Colorado's other losses were USC and Oregon. So another, another situation where two of the better teams in the PAC 12. Um, all right, we'll start with Hank who you got. Uh, the Colorado roller coaster continues. Um, yeah, this is, they're coming off. Well, I guess they come off by, but last game is the second, second, Double overtime. Um, this one resulting in a loss. Um, UCLA kind of confuses me too. I feel like every time I'm on them, they play bad, and every time I'm uh, against them, they you know do do well. And um, granted, like that that Washington State week, that I thought they could get they they may lose that game and they won and then the utah i think i was on on them but um i just think i want to find a reason to take colorado off the bye um but they're just they have a ucla seems like to me based on what i've watched they're pretty well-rounded team for a pac-12 team especially um and i don't think i think 
offensively, Dante Moore, if he has a if he has a good game and and kind of make sure he's not giving them the ball um, and putting the ball in Shadur's hands, that they can get this done. Um, and while it's not a main key number there at sixteen and a half, that's kind of a key number in my mind, just because two touchdowns and a field goal. Um, so I, I just don't see Colorado keeping this close. Um, I mean, I, do I, I can see them, you know, Dion getting them up for this game and I guess they can keep it close or backdoor cover maybe, but I just, I don't see it. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go UCLA there at home, even though I wouldn't say UCLA is maybe the biggest home field advantage, but, um, like I said, well-rounded team. I think that they can, um, they can get it done there against Colorado. It's going to be minus 16. Super enthusiastic pick for Hank there as he picks prime. prime. (laughs) Yeah. I was kind of convincing myself in through it the whole time. (laughs) All right, Pierce, who you got? Uh, uh, give me UCLA in this one. Um, it is a lot of points and, uh, nothing would surprise me here. Um, I've been on the wrong side of Colorado most of the season, but UCLA is a little bit different animal at home. Um, defensively, they, they are very sneaky good, um, particularly on the D-line. Um, I think they'll be able to get after Shador Sanders early and often. My worry is a backdoor cover. Um, if this was at, at home for Colorado, UCLA's offense just hasn't been able to put up points on the road. Um, but I think Chip Kelly will have, uh, you know, listen, here's another thing to take in consideration with Colorado if you're not or if you haven't been already. It's very much like USC. Look what Utah did last week against USC. When you play a crummy defense, you tend to put up more points. Plus, they tend to put put up more points at home. Um, so I, I think it's uh, I think it's a, a good recipe for UCLA here to to go out and get the victory and cover. Um, I do worry about a backdoor cover, but I, I think they've got the pieces on the defensive side of the ball to prevent that. So give me UCLA uh, minus the points. Oh man, I hate picking Colorado. I know I'm the one who picks the games, but I hate picking Colorado. You just never know what you're going to get with them. Um, They've not been blowing teams out. They've not, well, save Oregon. They've not been blown out either. Uh, UCLA, like I said, those two losses, really quality losses, which I know is a dumb thing to say, but they're quality losses at both of them on the road as well, uh, at Utah, at Oregon State. But this is going to be a very um, high-flying offense for Chip Kelly and company. I do like it to potentially be a shootout. I do think Colorado is going to be able to score on UCLA. I don't see UCLA um blowing out Colorado like Oregon did but 16 and a half is a lot a lot of points uh for a, a, a you know coach prime and company who are coming off a, of a loss or, I'm sorry coming off a loss and a buy um and, and I don't I don't know I like this to to be a closer game than we think um they're going to let UCLA score though UCLA Chip Kelly's about to have a field day uh, he's an offensive-minded coach. He's about to have a field day scheming up against this Colorado Buffaloes team. But it would not surprise me to see them go out there with Travis Hunter now, um, you know, back in the lineup and and, and keep it close. So I'm going to go Colorado in this one. I don't feel good about it, um, but I don't feel good if I pick against them either. So I'm just going to go with the hot, the hotter of the two teams um, in Colorado because I'd rather lose picking them than uh, lose picking against them. I'll put it that way. Um, all right, last but not least, boys, Pac-12 after dark, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. The number 11 Oregon State Beavers in Tucson to take on the Arizona Wildcats. Arizona sitting at 4-3 and three on the season. Their two most recent losses being to Washington and USC. They lost to Auburn earlier on. Was it Auburn? 
Yes, Mississippi State. Who was it that they lost to? Or you guys aren't helping me. Okay. Who, Who? did Arizona lost to? Um, it was it was it Mississippi State. Okay, thank you. Oh, Cal lost to Auburn. Cal beat Auburn. Yes, correct. Auburn. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Correct. I can only see so just so y'all know. I I mean for the for the audience out there, people behind the onion. I just moved into a new house. I don't have the fastest internet. I haven't quite gotten at all. So I have two screens going. One has to have all of the internet going to it for our our recording functions, um, and I just have the games pulled up. But I don't have. I can only see their top their last five results. So I've been trying to go off muscle memory. Um, Arizona lost to Mississippi State uh, earlier on in the season. Oregon State one loss so far on the season at Washington State back in September. That game a very close one. Um, but since then have rolled against Utah, Cal, and UCLA. They are both teams are coming off of a bye for what it is worth. Oregon State on the road, favored by three and a half there in Tucson. Arizona was supposed to be a terrible team. They've sneaky been a tough place to go and play. We'll start with Hank. Who do you have? Man, this one's weird. I, I mean, I I want to say that this is kind of an overreaction line just based off of the the last two weeks for Arizona, but I mean, like maybe they've proven that they're better than they um, they were originally, you know, forecasted there. And, and I, I mean, that that forty four to six, I I didn't see the whole game. Uh, actually, I barely saw any of it. But I mean, that's just wild. That's that's not just like a win there. That's a that's a beat down. So, um. This one's weird to me. I don't really have one written down here, so I'm kind of talking through it. Uh, at Arizona, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Oregon State here. Um, I, I just I think that they're gonna be they they're just I I just think that they're gonna come back to Earth here, the Wildcats. I, I think that they may be better than what um, we thought, but again, I don't think I think there's gonna be a kind of a Kind of a water finding its level moment here, and and Oregon State can kind of uh, kind of just choke them out um, offensively, and and I don't see this staying within a field goal. Uh, I guess it's yeah within a field goal. I, I see this more as a six point, ten point game um, favored to Oregon State. Um, yeah, I mean, not much, not much else there. I, I think early money's coming in on Arizona, but I, I just don't see it. So um, maybe that's because I haven't, I didn't watch the last game, and maybe they looked, you know, maybe it was more of them looking good than Washington State looking bad. But I just, I'm gonna say that Oregon State gets it done here at this small number. Um, so give me Oregon. Listen, State. Listen, a lot of people have the Beavs as one of the top teams in the nation, so you're onto something there. Pierce, we'll go with you next. Who do you have? Boy, uh, Hank said it best. Um, I'm torn on this one. Uh, what? What? Can I trust Arizona to come out with the offensive output that they have uh, against you know the likes of Washington State? I think they have found something, but can Oregon State just kind of push them around? I'm not sure. I, I think when in doubt in a toss-up game like this, I'll take the points plus a three and a half with Arizona. Um, Arizona State or Oregon State is certainly the the more talented ball club, um, <clears throat> but Oregon State defensively hasn't been as locked in as they were last year. They lost some talent, um, and I think that's going to prove 
pretty important uh, in this one. I, cause I do think Arizona can just put up points um, with the backup quarterback now in over Jaden Deloria. He's really provided them a boost of offense. Um, you know, defensively, they're not going to be able to st- slow down Oregon state too much, but uh, give me uh, I, you know, I'm not rooting for it, but could I see a, uh, a DJ Uyunglele struggle bus here? Sure, I certainly could. And uh, I don't know if, it, if this is a shootout, if they can quite keep up with Arizona. But even if it's close, um, I like the three and a half with Arizona in a sneaky uh, potential upset game. This one's tough, tough for me um, because I think this could be one of the shocking results of the weekend. I think Oregon State's kind of potentially do. I do think they're a good team. But I do think they're potentially due Pierce for one of those, you know, lay an egg type performances from DJ Uengale and company. Um, I didn't look at who they have coming up. I mean, obviously they end with Oregon at the end of the season. Uh, so I don't know if it's a potential look ahead spot for them or not. Um, you know, they've been getting these late night Pac-12 after dark games. They've seemed to be doing uh, pretty good in those uh, games. But Arizona is just so sneaky tough. And if you're looking at their averages so far on the season, both offenses are averaging about 450 yards a game. And the defenses are averaging only giving up about 300 and less than 350 yards a game. So I do think that that is a, you know, potential shootout type territory. It's not a very big point spread, um, but my inclination is to go with the home team. Their losses have been, again, I hate saying it, but quality losses, save for maybe Mississippi State. Uh, they lost by seven at the beginning of the season to Mississippi State, but you know maybe you're knocking the rust off and, and whatnot. But then they lost uh, the same, actually the same exact result uh, to Washington, and then they kept it pretty close with USC. Um, so if this is a shootout, I really like Arizona. Um, so I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Arizona in this one. Um I, I just maybe it's more of a wishful thinking thing. I, I hope it's a good game. Nothing sucks more than when you turn on Pac-12 after dark after whatever you've been doing all Saturday. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the little cream, cream, not cream to the creme, but the, the the icing on top. Thank you. The uh, the 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 cherry on top of your day. And there's nothing worse than when it's a blowout. So I think it's gonna be a shootout, and I like Arizona to keep it close if that is the case. Um, but I do think DJ and company pull it out. Um, but they're getting three and a half at home. That's just too good to pass up because of how how sneaky good they are. Um, and I, for what it's worth, Oregon State does have Colorado coming up, and I know that Colorado's not necessarily the biggest, um, you know, threat, but they are a pretty good offense. So maybe you're already kind of thinking about how you're going to stop Shadur Sanders and uh, and uh, uh, company. So uh, I am going to go with uh, the Arizona Wildcats in that one. Um, All right, that's going to do it for our 10 games of the week. Again, just so everybody knows the lay of the land, um, we will have on Saturday morning, bright and early, we will have hopefully waiting for you by the time you wake up. It's a perfect thing to do as you go get coffee. Um, you know, maybe while you're getting your, your, your setup together for game day, maybe you're moving a second TV in your living room. Maybe you've got to commute into a tailgate or something. It's 10 minutes. It's real quick. I put music underneath it. So it's fun and exciting. It's just us picking, picking three to four games, um, of the weekend and telling you what our card looks like personally, what games we're on. Um, so that maybe you can ride with us. Maybe you can fade us, maybe make you a little bit of money. Um, you can also follow us on social media at Bragging Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That is where you will find real-time updates and reactions to what is happening around the country um, as the day's games go on. Uh, so follow us there. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss. We only have a few more weeks of this thing, and uh, we want to make sure that you're along for the ride 
Uh, we're still trying to figure out what we'll do with our bowl coverage this year. We've done some different things back and forth. So let us know if you have a preference on how we've covered that. Would you rather have a couple episodes of really big chunks? Or you like me break that up and do kind of a couple games at a time? Let us know. We'd love to uh, to be able to give you exactly what you want there with, uh, with that bowl preview and predictions and stuff. You got your first rankings, playoff rankings of the season on Sunday. You'll have real-time reactions from us next week. And then week 10 picks and previews that's going to do it here for us here at Bragonites. until next time i'm madison i'm hank i'm pierce stay blessed y'all